Hi there, listeners! Welcome back to another episode of Balanced Achievers. I'm your host, Phoebe Zhang, and today we are in for a treat with a guest who's not just a driving force of the world of angel investing, but is also a passionate advocate for helping startup founders find the delicate balance between high performance and mental health. Our special guest is none other than the incredible Suze Reynolds. Suze is more than a believer; she is a champion for the transformative power of angel investing in creating businesses that change the world. As a key player in New Zealand's entrepreneurial landscape, Suze serves on the board of the Wellington Region's Angel Network, Angel HQ, but. That's not all. She wears the hat of executive chair at the New Zealand Angel Association, and is a beaming investor in a lineup of ventures that are nothing short of amazing. What sets Sue's apart is her unwavering passion for helping startup founders navigate the high performance demands of the entrepreneurial journey while prioritizing their mental health. Today, we dive into her journey and learn how she actively contributes to the well-being of startup founders in this dynamic landscape. So much, Bibi. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> yeah, so wonderful to have you here, and、uh, to have this conversation to just explore the the mental health issues in the startup sector. So I wonder if we can just start with a, a rather broad question. I wonder, in your view, what are the biggest mental health challenges founders and their teams face while building their businesses, and also what are the root causes of these challenges? You know, in your Uh, opinion, and how do you recommend startups overcome these challenges? Great question. And so, I think the biggest challenges that startup founders and their teams face are all pretty much anchored in scarcity,、um, which is generates all kinds of anxiety. And that scarcity is in startups more often than not、um, grounded in the length of the runway that you might have,、um, mm. your financial runway, your capital runway,、um, and then. The other scarcity mindsets are: Do I have enough、um, capability?、Uh, do I have the right team members?、Uh, and then there are some other、um, sort of roots of、uh, anxiety and、um, and and general sense of kind of out of controlness, which are anchored in I shouldn't be feeling like this.、Mm-hmm. And again, in startups, we have this sometimes very challenging aspect that founders and their teams should always be optimistic. And upbeat, and ready to kind of take on all the challenges. Always believing that they're going to generate the next unicorn. Yeah. And of course, the degree of anxiety and、um, angst that goes with that is almost commensurate、um, to the degree of like way out in the far end. You're driving to be the most successful, incredible unicorn. But actually, on the flip of that, which is entirely normal. Is next levels of terror and fear and、um, anxiety that you're not going to make it. So I think that's that's kind of what is at the nub of、um, 
most of the fear and anxiety that is generated uh, in the world of startups is this whole notion of scarcity. Am I enough? Is there enough? And then this notion of I shouldn't be feeling like this. I should be feeling like I'm in control and I've got it. And that's not always the case. And at the root of that, I think, is this notion, it's a Buddhist concept of acceptance and being finding that challenging. I think the more that we can get into a place where whatever is going on, we accept that it's okay what's going on. Any kind of churniness in our tummy, any heart pounding stuff that's going on, of course it is. Of course that's going on because you're doing brave, amazing things. So let's acknowledge that and then figure out a way that we can get creative and constructive and positive with that. Um, And fundamentally not doing it on your own, making sure that you have a bunch of people around you, not just your nearest and dearest, but ideally people in your team, maybe someone on your board, maybe an external mentor. But I think trying to remember as much as possible that you're not alone in feeling like this. The number of times I've been in forums uh, and one more recent one was at our angel summit where one of our most senior VCs shook his finger out at the audience and said, this is 90% hard. And you could see everybody in the audience go, oh, yeah, it so is. And that kind of collective sense that we're all in this together, doing this super hard, brave, ambitious stuff um, was very reassuring. Uh, And that notion that we actually are all in it together, that sense of community is important to foster and be aware of the fact that it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, and so you touch on the... uh, the concept of scarcity, mm-hmm. right? I felt scarcity is often just a matter of uh, the way we look at things. I mean, of course, there, there are you know, a lot of situations, a limited number of uh, things, limited uh, amount of resources. But um, I'm just curious in, in terms of the scarcity, do you, do you see like uh, in the startup sector is being played a bit uh, emphasized too much or maybe exaggerated? I think it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, runways, capital runways do run out. That's, they're not called runways for nothing because there's an end point to them. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it's not a matter of Um, too much kind of denying reality it's accepting that that is the case and then once you have accepted that that is the case then you can you can start to figure out ways that you might ameliorate it or address it Uh, that for me is the key thing Um, because it is just the nature of when you're growing and scaling fast as a startup um, Mm -hmm. you're going to put pressure on resources Mm -hmm. Yeah, so recognize that sagacity, but mm. uh, but also detach yourself from it, right? And focus on what you can do, and what mm. kind of uh, strategies uh, mm. startups can devise to uh, to manage that scarcity to still mm. achieve a successful outcome. And recognizing too that those those emotions that we often label as negative mm-hmm. are actually there as our little wisdom providers. They're just kind of like a little trigger. Hey, alert! Be aware that this is kind of running out and then you can have a little word to that fear and anxiety and say, okay, thanks, I got this. I don't need to be feeling quite so frightened. I get why you were there, fear and anxiety, to make sure that I didn't just, you know, let this kind of drift on and and run out of money or not address the fact that we need new team team members or that one team member's not fitting in. Cool, got it. Now we have to have some brave conversations, some creative conversations, some exploring conversations to see how we address it. And I think for me, one of the big pieces is that recognizing no matter what happens, you're still a good human. 
you know, you've been one of those stellar, amazing, brave people who's had a crack at a startup. And 99.9% of startups are trying to make the world a better place. And we need more people who are trying to build startups, investors and founders and founding teams. Yeah, that's just a, a super important um, um, understanding to come to, I guess, Suze. You know, mm-hmm. the, the founder and the teams, they are more than what they do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's very, very important. And again, that that attachment that to the notion that you are your startup, that your self-worth is anchored in your startup success or failure. No, not a, not a healthy mindset to have. Um, it's, it's a completely understandable mindset to have. And again, it can be really, really helpful because it drives you and, and pushes you to be successful. But don't let it overwhelm you. Try not to let it overwhelm you. Yeah. Okay not true if your startup doesn't fail that's not an indictment as you as a human you are still an amazing person yes it's so well said Suze and and I can sense we are now transiting into a lot of discussions about mindset which is super important Mm. for success right Mm. um and we just touched on a number of very crucial mindsets and perspectives for founders and their teams to help them maximize the chance to succeed mm-hmm. and keeping a healthy mental state. Mm-hmm. I'd like to dive in a bit deeper if, if that's okay with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm super interested in this, uh, uh, you know, in this, in, in this concept of uh, self-identity. Mm-hmm. Right? The founders and their teams can often be so uh, fused with their work and the business they're building, they cannot separate them, themselves away from their businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's, that sounds like, to me, a, a, a very huge issue. You know, when things don't work, uh, people tend to take it uh, quite uh, quite hard, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder, do you have any recommendations for founders or their teams to try and separate themselves a bit away from the business they're building to to still being able to see themselves as individual identities I think it's I don't think it's much more complicated than just taking a moment when you do find yourself getting super worried upset fearful of what others are going to think that you recognize that actually it's how you knock about on the planet it's how you treat others it's your honesty it's your integrity that's what makes you a good human, not whether or not you're attached to a really successful um, startup. I think that that kind of mindset is important, that ability to be able to be aware of the emotions that are going on inside you and just be curious about them. Just dig a little deeper into what's going on here with this with this little emotion that's churning my tummy. What is it trying to tell me? And I think the other mindset that's really important is understanding that the universe is always teaching you things. Mm-hmm. always teaching you things so trying to put yourself in a little place of what have I learned here you know what's this little hiccup or this little roadblock or um you know this slap about the chops because quite often especially when you're building a startup that's you know beginning to be really successful and you're getting more and more media profile that can make and you're and hiring more people you know and you look back on when you're a tiny startup and you only had sort of half a dozen people working with you and and you'd only raised you know hundreds of thousands not millions and those days can kind of seem like bliss because the weight of expectation wasn't quite so huge but in fact 
it remains true throughout the whole startup journey, even when you get to IPO, you know, the way you deal with, you know, the the challenges and the anxiety and the and the roadblocks that the world throws at you, that's what determines, you know, whether or not the extent to which it's going to unzip you or not. That equanimity, that that sort of peace in terms of where you fit in the greater scheme of things, how you've treated people, um, how you've treated yourself, you know, that you can come out the end of it and feel okay. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and that's a that's a really remarkable uh, notion there, you know, how do the founders treat themselves and how do we treat ourselves? I, mm-hmm. I felt like that's often an indicator of how we tend to treat others as well. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. If you have a sense of peace and calmness and self-affection and self-worth, you have so much more space and so much more ability to give to others when you're not worrying about yourself quite so much. Um, so, I, yeah, it's very important to be kind to yourself. And that extends not only to your self-talk. Mm-hmm. How am I talking to myself? Am I talking to myself like a best friend or someone who I respect and admire would talk to me? Mm-hmm. So often we're not. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I letting myself take a break for lunch, sit and enjoy my food and just appreciate the sunshine or the rain or whatever's going on? And just and I think, you know, so often for me, I find that when I do take that time, even though I'm feeling a little anxious about taking the time, you sit quietly, you go for a walk outside, ideally in some trees. Um, Solutions manifest themselves, you know, things bubble up for you. I remember reading that all the... um, very, very clever Greek philosophers had most of their brilliant, wisdomful ideas when they were out walking. Mm. Walking is a really neat way to kind of ground yourself, be able to breathe, you know, get things kind of back in perspective. Yeah. Taking a break, saying, I'm just going to head out for 10 minutes, I'll be back, um, is an entirely legit, oftentimes very sensible thing to do in the middle of a crisis can seem like the the worst thing to do like I'm abandoning it I need to stay front and center but actually going for a little walk and just breathing being still listening to your little inner voice because I think a lot of us are more wisdomful and more in sync with what needs to happen than we give ourselves credit for Mm, 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 mm. I really believe that uh, we we actually know the solution even though sometimes we (laughs) appears that we 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 can't uh, think of anything to do, any great solutions, but but use those work walks in nature or take a moment to rest to mm. to create a bit of space, right? Mm. To let go of uh, what we are grabbing on so tightly for, mm. and I suppose that a bit of space, space and a bit bit of you know just step away, mm. to allow our creativity and new ideas to to manifest themselves. Yeah, no, that's very true. I often I found in working with the startup that I'm chairing at the moment that we sometimes find ourselves holding it all incredibly tight. We're so attached to an outcome, or we're so driven to get to have devised ourselves to a certain path. And oftentimes, I've had three or four experiences where we just let go. We did, and it has space to breathe. The whole shamozzle has space to breathe. And it's been fascinating how many times when we've done that, solutions have bubbled up or people have appeared um, Mm -hmm. in our orbit um, who've been able to help us find our way to the next step. Um, It's really, 
yeah, it's very interesting how that happens. But yeah. it is, I think the other thing to re recognize is it's always a work in progress. We're always working on that. You know, for me, I am quite a kind of, I don't know, high energy driven type A sort of personality. And so that's that's okay. You know, I have to remind myself that this is just how I'm wired and that's all right. You know, that's, but then checking that as well and being able to go, yeah, it's okay to just, as I was saying before, to just sit and have lunch. You know, there's no need to be churning out another six emails all the time. You know, it just, it's not life and death. Feels like it because, you know, we're also driven to change the world. But yeah. uh, if we're not healthy and well and feeling sort of a little bit light and fluffy, um, we're not we're not actually helping the planet or ourselves. Um, right. Back to that whole notion of when we're in sync and we're feeling grounded and happy, we enable so much more to be creative and move forward around us, which is kind of yummy. Yeah, such nice words, Susan. You know, the uh, one of the other um, little topic you brought up is the negative thoughts and negative emotions. And they're not entirely bad. No, no, not at all. No. And in fact, you know, that whole judgment kind of thing about our emotions can be so unhelpful, you know, that this is not something I should be feeling. Actually, most of the time, it's okay that you're feeling like that. In fact, you know, 90%, 99% of the time, it's okay you're feeling like that. You wouldn't be human if you weren't, you know. We yeah. have emotions to kind of keep us safe and to keep us curious. And it's okay. No. So I'm thinking, Suze, would you like to prompto, yeah, <laughs> just play a little conversation as if, you know, you are talking to this negative thinking in your mind. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm just very curious of, uh, you know, your own very wise way and how do you handle this negative feeling and negative thought? I often, I think as I've got a little bit more grown up, I'm better at recognizing that, oh, I'm in one of these little places at the moment where I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed and I'm feeling a little bit frightened, but I know this will pass. This is yes. just a temporary thing. So so that kind of self-talk is quite important. Um, and then, you know, literally kind of acknowledging that you're doing okay. You know, good for you, girlfriend, for giving it a crack. You know, this is this is normal. This is how you're wired. It's all right. You know, blow yourself a kiss in the mirror. Give yourself a little nudge to keep going. Um, those that those kinds of messaging. And or the other one is just, to, as I say, is to get on the phone. I'm so lucky to have uh, half a dozen people in my life who I know I can just ring and burst into tears with. And oftentimes getting those kinds of emotions out you know men and women um I think if we all cried a little bit more giggled a little bit more you know we're less inclined to hold things in we'd all be in a much better space much better shape I have a little expression that almost everything is better out than in you know any anxiety any tears a sneeze you know a burp yeah. it's all better out than in <laughs> <laughs> oh let's just be real right mm -hmm. and and allow ourselves to be just who we are I suppose and mm -hmm. and all these feelings good or bad let's let's not try to take too much mm -hmm. of uh what, what is it just uh see them come and uh gave them a bit of space yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. be gentle and kind to yourselves mm -hmm. doesn't yeah. matter yeah. what is going on mm -hmm. 
Mm. And then you leave, right, Suze? Mm. Yeah, that's right. You're always Trusting leave. yourself that you'll know what's appropriate, when it's appropriate and when it's not. Because, you know, super duper vulnerability, bursting into tears all the time, shouting and screaming all the time. That's not going to help oodles either. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Trusting yourself a little more. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, thank you so much, Suze. It's uh, a lot of wisdom here. And I'm certain that that all the audience, you know, listening to this episode will find it super, super helpful. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm just aware of uh, there are so many, I mean, comparatively, yeah, to Australia, I felt there are a lot more support out there for startups when it comes to uh, mental health issues, right, in New Zealand. And uh, I know you are uh, you're actually leading uh, a number of projects and a number of movements uh, in this uh, in this front as well. So I'm curious, um, you know, for the the audience that's uh, based in New Zealand, yeah, mm. uh, could you please share a bit more about what kind of supports there are available? We've got. I mean, I, I guess I, I'm I'm very um, very keen to mention at the beginning that there are some really neat startups in New Zealand um, dealing with mental health, like Channel and Groove. Uh, and they're angel-backed as well, venture-backed, um, and the founders and teams, um, you know, um, who are part of those startups are doing some really great work for mental health, um, and always love having those um, founders and teams in any of our rooms when we're doing professional development, because they bring such a unique and special lens, um, but we have been working in, um, in, New Zealand and with the Angel Association with an out, a company called Abroad, uh, led by a guy called Justin Milano, who's an Edmund Hillary fellow. And, um, and that is specifically being put together for startups uh, in the startup world. And it's a program of sort of between four and six months, varies a little bit. And we get together once a week for 75 minutes and just run through a program of understanding how our brains work, drawing on ancient wisdom a little bit. Uh, we co It's co-facilitated with uh, Mana Whenua with, with a really lovely Maori woman called Tuihana. Uh, and she brings a Maori um, sort of mental health and well-being lens to all the discussions we have uh, in those groups. And I think one of the most powerful things, as well as a lot of the sentiment and wisdom that I've learned and that I've just conveyed to you in our last 15 minutes of chat, mm -hmm. one of the most powerful things is the group, the cohort, because in that 75 minutes, we'll have sometimes three or four breakout sessions, usually at least two, um, where you pair off with another person who's um, on the Zoom call. And we build such a wonderful community of support. There's some really incredible, brave sharing um, on the part of founders and investors, because I'm really staunch about it. it has to be founders and investors on this course because we need to be aligned we need to understand that we're both sides of the whole package are feeling that anxiety um, and struggling with our well-being um it's a mutual we're all in it together and uh, so that's really important but the community the sense of um understanding and meeting others and, and 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 having been a little bit vulnerable with each other it just brings a next level of support and groundedness um and bravery when you need to ask um, for help and advice and it's not always about well-being sometimes it'll be hey how do I set up an ESOP you know what, what do you do when you're scaling your team from six to 30 how does what systems and processes do we need to put in place so that's been a really really lovely aspect of setting up abroad and we'll be we're doing it again for the third time this year we've had about I think we've had 
We've had over 150 people register um, for the course. Sometimes there's a little bit of drop off during the course of the program as founders find they don't have time or they find that that MO doesn't quite work for them. Um, but yeah, the people who have gone the whole nine yards with it are, are very, very um, excited and grateful for what it's done for them. So it's been fun. It's been a, a nice thing to be part of. Oh, this is incredible, Suze. Yeah. And I remember in one of our previous chats, you you mentioned it's it's not just a um you know collaboration among the founders with uh, this amazing company called mm -hmm. Abroad led by Justin, but also you have founders and you have investors. And I felt this collaboration is so unique and could be so powerful because because a lot of times if we just uh, sit here and think about it, founders, well are they going to be willing to really expose their vulnerability towards investors, right? So I felt, I felt, you know, if everybody can be on, on the same level and be very truthful to each other and still support each other to their best ability, this mm. can be so powerful and so just... Uh, I think so. And I, I totally get that for founders, it can be a bit scary to reveal that they have these kinds of fears and anxieties to investors. But I, as I say, investors feel it too, especially angel investors, because it's a very sort of relationship-based, people-to-people kind of thing. We're we're convincing our buddies and our colleagues and people who we respect and admire to invest in the startups that we're backing. Same goes for VCs. In fact, sometimes next-level anxiety, they're investing other people's money who they've looked in the eye and said, yeah, I'm going to make you 10x, 30x your money. Um, and to be grappling with the notion that some of these startups are not going to go the whole nine yards and understanding how to articulate that and how to support each other through that um, to be more transparent, more open about what it entails, the degree of bravery, the degree of mental resilience, the degree of kindness to each other. Um, it's really important, really important. Yeah, this is just incredible. Yeah. So now, now it comes to the, the end of uh, our podcast, Susan. And this is a question, a slightly hard question, and I do apologize for posing this to you, but, <laughs> you know, we discovered so many interesting insights and you share so much wisdom. I mean, every word is, um, you know, if we select it out, it will be the, you know, the, the thing to take away for the founders. But, but I still want to, you know, for for just for the sake of all the audience sitting uh, here today listening, uh, I wonder if uh, you get a chance to pick just one thing, you know, to highlight for the mm -hmm. founders to take away. If they yeah. they can't remember the whole the whole talk, but they can remember one thing, what would the one thing you'd like to be? The one thing I would like, if it was founders listening to this, is to remember that whether or not your startup succeeds or fails you are an incredible person for having a crack at it and if you were physically in front of me I'd give you a little shoulder punch or a little hug to just to kind of say go you because that is amazing so own that and try not to be worried if it doesn't exceed your or match your expectations it's still amazing that you've had a crack at being a founder mm -hmm. world needs more like you Oh, yes, yeah, such a wise word and, and so beautifully put. And thank you so much, Suze. And thank wow. you for sharing so much with our audience today. Hey, that's been lovely to chat to you, girlfriend. See you soon. <laughs> oh, thank you.